Having been raised LDS, served a mission, and married in the temple, Heather finds that her doubts about inequality in the church never go away. Nevertheless, she decides to remain faithful despite discovering the true history of polygamy and the church. This is her story. Hi, Jay. Hey, how's it going? I'm good. How are you? Good. Just uh, excited uh, to hear your story here. Oh, thanks. It's not very <laughs> exciting, I don't think. No, I, th- I think it is. I think your story resonates probably most with, um, with just the majority of, of people uh, attending um, or that, that listen to this podcast. I actually did a poll on, on your story. You know, mm-hmm. I, I said, like, what do, what do you guys think the story is going to be? Is it going to be fire? Is it going to be meh? Or, uh, oh, shit, is that me? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> there's a few people that were like, oh, shit, is that me? Just because um, I feel like nowadays with just access to the Internet and um, I guess it's social media in general, people are are waking up to, you know, just different aspects of, of Mormonism and and with the way society's flowing, I, I feel like it's put a lot of doubts in people's mind. And so I think they're very interested in seeing how people cope with it or deal with it, you know? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Makes sense. So, um, <clears throat> I don't know. Have you listened to any of the podcasts before, like the previous <clears throat> episodes? Yeah, I have. I, I haven't listened to the newest one. I listened to the one with Jess. And okay. that she was cool, um, but yeah. So I'm just kind of hoping you'll yeah. guide me through it. Yeah, with Jess, I was I was very unorganized. I've gotten a little bit better since then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, tell us about yourself. Tell us about your upbringing. Okay, so I was born in the Covenant, into a very big Mormon family. Very, yeah, just family focused, church focused. Um, all my siblings have been married in the temple. I've been married in the temple. Um, of the 12 children I was born into, I believe eight so far have served missions. Um, and then there's still two at home who will likely also serve missions. And everyone, like the men who married into our family served missions. It's very, um, religious household, very Mormon pretty typical we grew up in a mormon town pioneer town and yeah just mormon as you can be i think well tell everybody how many siblings you have yeah so there's uh 12 of us including (laughs) myself so i have 11 siblings Damn. so very very mormon i mean so like they don't even believe in birth control type mormons right um yeah actually my mom refuses refused to use birth control that is true (laughs) (laughs) And wasn't she like pregnant like 20 times or something like that? Um, so my mom was pregnant, I believe, 34 times. Holy shit. Yeah, so she had at least one miscarriage between each of us. And actually, at the beginning of their marriage, the doctors told them that they wouldn't be able to have children at all, which I think had a big, big impact on how many kids they did end up having. Really? And they were just like, well, let's keep trying. Yeah, they're like, well, now that we can actually like they know what it was to be told like no you can't have kids and so they're like they really appreciated being able to and so they kept using that gift they were given and had 12 (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh your dad's pullout game was definitely weak um so and so um what i wanted to ask you was you know what about your upbringing with them because i i feel like at this point if, if they're having 12 kids um, and I know you, you said you didn't listen to one of the previous stories, but uh, you know, those, <laughs> the, <clears throat> br- no, what was it? It was doc on the previous <clears throat> story. He, um, he talked about how, uh, I mean, they had several kids because they really fell into the belief of, uh, or the teachings of president Kimball, where he says, you know, multiply <clears throat> and replenish. And so, was that kind of the the bringing there too? I mean, what was the what was the religious feeling there at home? Oh yeah, that was definitely part of it. It was 
if we can bring more souls we know like my my mom would tell us that she's like i know that if i get the souls i will love them i will raise them in the church and like steer them in the right direction type of thing so yeah i was definitely um religiously impacted and then also she explained to me a lot about um my mom used to be the working parent like the main breadwinner after four kids i believe four or five kids um the church released the family proclamation to the world and from that moment on she just felt like she she quit her job she became a full-time stay-at-home mom my dad was mad at her she said she was even worried that he might leave her that like it was like that bad like he didn't talk to her for a long time but she was like she she reading hearing the proclamation she's just like no I need to be home with my kids I need to be the one with them all the time I'm the nurturer and I mean she does she very much enjoys that role but yeah the church definitely had the biggest impact in in that decision for her wow Um, so then that, I mean, so then obviously, like, you guys probably did family home evening and, and all that, right? Yeah, definitely. Family home evening. And we were always at mutual activity days, scouting. My family was so big on scouting, um, which I wasn't a fan of because obviously I couldn't even participate. But um, yeah, everything, everything, everything. We were deep. Well, still are. Our family is very big, very active in so- every sense of the word. So, I mean, look, I mean, in hindsight, her, I mean, I'm sure at the moment it was probably stressful for your dad to be like, he, mm-hmm. he had to step up his game a little bit um, mm-hmm. financially. But um, I mean, in, in hindsight, or just looking, looking at life now, I mean, I'm sure you guys are very happy she made that decision she made. Oh, I mean, I, <laughs> I am, I think we're very lucky to have a stay-at-home parent. I think any kid who has that option is um, obviously really blessed. And it's just, it's, it's really hard to come by these days just from like, you kind of need two incomes for most people. Yeah. So yeah, no, we were super lucky to always have our mom there. Someone dependable that. Yeah. would always just anything we need. She's already there, you know? Well, and, and I know I know your siblings, and so it's. I mean, I can see though that that works definitely paid off, and mm-hmm. just like the fact that they all live, uh, you know, sound, good lives. You know, they're not. Yeah. You know, none of them are yeah, in jail siblings, or. Yeah, they're all dope. Like they're great. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> it paid off for sure. Yeah. So so then tell us about yourself and your um. your feelings and thoughts and and like your testimony I mean growing up were you just like that Molly Mormon girl in school or like like tell us about that (laughs) so so I think like 80% of my high school was Mormon as well so um, I wasn't the Molly Mormon the Molliest Mormon but I mean yeah I was very devout Mormon like no one would question um where I stood my testimony where I stood in the church or anything um in seminary I talked a lot but also I just talk a lot in all my classes so people just I don't know just assume I'm very spiritual but I I've always had um like I said I'm from a big family I have seven brothers in my family yeah and I was born in the middle of six of my brothers so one of my from the time I was tiny I remember seeing all around me the differences in the church between me and my brothers and the advantages that they got versus um, what I could do and how they could get like advancements and stuff but um, I just kind of like go to church and they had like responsibilities type of thing so um, from a young age I was very aware that the church didn't value me as much as them and so that was always um in the back of my mind with the religion you know like yes I do enjoy lots of parts of the religion but wow it could really improve with how they treat me and like giving me equal opportunity and stuff like that yeah so um with that what's interesting about that is I know I actually know a couple people who I mean they've gone on and they're married to mission presidents people high up in the church and they've always had a kind of that thought too um, mm-hmm. that they've expressed to me in the back of their mind 
Um, but also on the other side, there's been those that never, I mean, you know, if they had that doubt, they'd go home and then their parent would explain to them or, or somebody mm-hmm. in the church would explain to them, well, you know, men have their roles. We have mm-hmm. ours. Did that, I mean, when, was that ever explained to you when you were younger or did you have those doubts or did you just not really tell anybody about that? No. So we definitely like discussed it in my family. Um, but basically any excuse, like it was never good enough for me Yeah. after seeing time after time, brother, 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 get the priesthood and gets all these responsibilities and scout camp and scouts and um, just all the resources of the church are more kind of focused on them and they get their names read in sacrament meeting and stuff like that. Um, Or they sit, they sit on the stand next to Bishop because they're like his helper that day or whatever. And it's just um, nothing they said could really like get over that. You know, it's like, I see it. And I've seen it so many times. Sorry, my voice is like really shaky. I'm not like crying. I think I'm just like nervous. Um, but like, <laughs> you're good. It's like I've seen it so much. It's like no one is gonna tell me that my lived experience isn't actually how it is. You know, it's like yeah. no women and men are equal. It's like no, I've seen it. I've seen it over and over and over again. So I did get lots. I've I've had so many of those talks of those like yeah, but women can do this. And I'm like, I know, but it's not the same. And I don't want it to be like exactly the same, but it's not even equal, you know? Yeah. Anyway, sorry, just rambling. But no, but it's interesting because there's probably uh, from the listeners, there's going to be a few that that really vibe with that. And so, I mean, I know you went on a mission. So mm-hmm. what what was the driving force there? Like, tell us about your testimony. What where did you gain your testimony? How, like, what, what, what was it based on? Um, there's definitely not like one defining moment um, where I got my testimony. I mean, obviously you've been raised in the church, you're indoctrinated with mm-hmm. everything. And I was, and I accepted <clears throat> it um, for the most part. Obviously there was things that made me uncomfortable, like polygamy um, specifically, and, and yeah, the inequality of women, no ordination for women and stuff like that. But um, yeah, just um, little by little, you know, like saying prayers and, and feeling, um, feeling spiritual confirmations as I read the Book of Mormon or um, finding something I lost because I prayed for it type of thing. Um, and when I was deciding whether or not I should go on a mission, I never wanted to go on a mission just because I'm, uh, I'm more introverted. I do better in like small groups of people I don't like to be like the storyteller out there um but I decided to go because President Nelson came and spoke to my stake when I was in high school I think I was either sophomore or junior and he said something just like an offhand remark he's like he said this stake has a lot of missionaries out because he saw like all the plaques in the in the ward buildings you know he's like that's really good and then he and then he he took a little break and he said but we need more and that kind of that went like right to my heart and it was like one of those like burning feelings from the spirit yeah and so and I felt that and I can't deny that I felt that and I can say I do not regret going on a mission it was awesome I learned so much and I got to love so many people like I don't know it was definitely the right choice for me I think for sure yeah and so and that's interesting and um you go on your mission and at the time too i want to i want you to mm-hmm. kind of because you, you got married pretty quick after your mission didn't you yeah i did like uh like a month and a half or something <laughs> yeah you really I got home mormon. like <laughs> yeah, very very like the most mormon you could be yeah i mean in that in that in and of itself that's a little bit of a, a fairy tale type you know or or at uh-huh. least mormon mormon tale type story Very right? stereotypical. yeah, yeah. T- tell us a little bit about that too um so i went to byu after graduating high school i wasn't old enough to go on a mission um so i was going to go to byu for a year and then put in my papers by the way did that bug you too that women had to wait till they were 19 and boys could go when they were 18 uh yeah that still bugs <laughs> me for sure because it's like every i mean just in general women tend to like be more mature they mature a little quicker so it doesn't yeah. really make sense to me but well they I, also I th- the whole like i think they want to give the you know the the 21 year old a shot 
Or at the 18-year-old. At the 18-year-old, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So I was going to BYU my first semester there. Um, my apartment had to do FHE every Monday night with an apartment of boys because BYU makes you do that. Like, they set you up with opposite gender apartments and make you do FHEs every week. Um, but the apartment of boys had this guy and I thought he was the cutest one out of all of them. And then I ended up marrying him. So he's like, it's like the most Mormon story ever, right? We went to BYU. We were FHG siblings and then we went Wait, on home missions, Alabama. and then we came home <laughs> and got married. Yeah. So it's, yeah, like I said, kind of a lame story, but it's, it's, well, what it's it not is. lame. It is, it, it, it's the ideal. I, you know, it's, it's, it's the story yeah, that I every do. Mormon girl dreams of when they're little you know to go off and and especially now right you go on a mission he's on a mission you you ride each other you get home and then you get Mm -hmm. married in the temple and it's just like this fairy tale life right yeah yeah so i mean and it it, honestly it kind of has been for me but i know it doesn't always work out that way and i do think people should wait a little bit longer to get married but yeah i mean mine's been great (laughs) so then um Tell us about then your um, w- when you re- really began to like shift your views or, or what what began because I mean it seems like from early on you kind of felt like you know didn't all square in mm-hmm. um, to to your mind but then what 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 has been I'm mean, because I've seen you write on Facebook Instagram your different <laughs> views but what what was it that that finally just like set in and you were like you know what maybe I got to re reanalyze this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I can't say again that there was anything, one specific thing, just it's, it's been collecting over the years, my whole life really. I can't remember a time when I wasn't like polygamy. That's kind of sketch, you know, like even when I was little, like that's something that stuck out, stuck out like crazy that I knew could not be from God. It made me feel so icky. Right. And then, uh, yeah, it's like people say they have the shelf, you know, you put your doubts on the shelf. And I had lots of questions that I put on the shelf, but also I would ask people about them any, every chance I got, like asking my mission president about, about polygamy, the seminary teachers about polygamy. I'm just using polygamy, but there's lots of other things yeah. <laughs> that I've had doubts about. But um, yeah, it just kind of built. And after my mission, I was like very Molly Mormon for a little bit, you know, how you are, like reading the scriptures. Um, being really careful about how you wear your garments and stuff and then I got to a point where I just kind of gave myself permission to like relax um and this was after you're married though right after I was married yeah because yeah. I got married yeah like a month and a half after I got home from my mission <laughs> probably I don't know maybe a year or two into my marriage just just kind of as you as you grow older you kind of want to figure out who you are and where you really stand and it's kind of realizing that like people outside of the church are good people the mission helped a lot with that too to see like all these different kinds of lifestyles and be like these are great people they don't have the church but they're obviously guided to do the right and they choose to do the right for no other reason than just to be good and so just like seeing that you don't have to be all in in the church to um be christ-like and I don't know. It just, it just built up over time really. And then I just started finding like-minded communities really online helped a lot. There's like a nuanced Mormon women Facebook group that I'm part of. And that's amazing because women can just post how they felt. Um, They post like articles they read or um, things that happened in sacrament meeting or little victories that they've had um, with the church and stuff. And then also um, listening to different, Mormon women podcasts like uh, the Faithful Feminists or Outlast She Said It, um, the Year of Polygamy podcast, and all those really it just just gave me permission to um, think critically about what I'd been taught my whole life, and be like it's okay to choose some and leave the rest. You know, like I don't have to one hundred percent believe that the prophets are infallible. I can see like it shows in the Bible that they do make mistakes. And so when they tell me to do something, maybe I shouldn't automatically do it 
and instead pray about it and find out what if that if that thing is right for me or not you know type of thing instead of just like oh the prophet said i need to do this i will try and do it it's like well maybe i should see if that's right for me um because i like to say like general authorities give general counsel and so it might not be personally for you but someone out there probably needs it so that's why they said it so let's talk about that though because you know within or i guess just the church in general right it's a very it's it's an Mm -hmm. authoritarian church Mm -hmm. um i mean we literally believe that the prophet is uh, is god's mouthpiece on earth right and and so that's probably why i mean i've grown up in the church or i didn't grow up in the church but you know Mm -hmm. i've been in the church now for over a decade i sometimes i hear women that you know they they get so they're so proud that they're so obedient you know that like mm-hmm. they'll say some cringe things like you know if the prophet tells me to do this i'll definitely do it you know and it's just like yeah well that's kind of weird but like kind of culty yeah, yeah. it's kind of culty right but that is that at the basis of 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 mormonism that that's just what it is i mean i had a i had a friend today say you know i believe in the book of mormon does that make me mormon and i said no well I mean, it makes you Mormon, but it doesn't make you Latter-day Saint. And he says, well, what it makes me Latter-day Saint? I'm like, well, what makes you Latter-day Saint is that you believe the prophet is actually, you know, the prophet. That's that's what separates you from all these other, uh, you know, side or I don't know what the right word is. You know, these these subgroups of Mormons Mm -hmm. of the LDS church, right? That's the difference is that they believe in or LDS people believe in the prophet. Yeah. So how did you... um, how did that affect you, though, um, in that sense? How did you begin to kind of separate yourself from that? Um, I think really just following the examples of, of other women in the church, like I said, like in, that I found in those groups online, just like that it's okay to be Mormon and also not be all in. Um, like they call themselves cafeteria <clears throat> Mormons. You know, you kind of like pick and choose. Yeah. And uh my favorite podcast is the at last she said it one and they talk a lot about um how they're in the process of staying in the church um and they say this is my church like you can't kick me out this is my church too and it's okay if i want to make it better and so that kind of philosophy helped and then also i think a big turning point for me was when i got pregnant yeah and it uh i would just reflect on my upbringing in the church and to think the things that were harmful and how I did not want those to be passed on to my children, how I wanted a better life for them. Um, And if I can, I can start that by changing myself and my own beliefs and helping them see that it's okay to not always be perfect or that they are equal no matter the gender um, type of thing so yeah I guess getting pregnant was a big catalyst too <laughs> to that just to be like I want better for my kids well then how did your um how did your husband take this I mean it's so is your husband also more nuanced or did he or is he still like super firm and he's kind of like well you just do your thing and I mean, yeah I, I mean I don't really I don't speak for him um yeah. but we obviously he knows where I stand and I know where he stands and we respect each other and it's like it's not gonna it's not gonna affect our relationship type of thing you know um we go to church together we have family prayers and um I've told him about things and he's like yeah that's messed up you're right and like he's 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 a very empathetic person so um it's it's been good he's like the best human ever um, but if you wanted to know like exactly how he felt, you probably have to ask him. <laughs> I don't want to like say anything. And yeah. Like, Why did you say that? Cause, but yeah, he's been great. He's been supportive and he's. Well, so, <clears throat> so when you say you bring things up to him, I mean, are you like bringing things up that are more like, like, where do you find yourself right now? Are you still heading in a way like where your heart's kind of leaving the church or like the the typical Mormon um, belief system, or like mm-hmm. h- how's that working out? Um, so one thing that helps me is to see the church as a church, 
we're a very high demand religion. Um, but I like to think of like, I, I know this is like cringy, but like I think of people who like go to church in like movies and on TV shows and it does not dominate their life, you know, like they go on Sundays and they learn about Jesus and they're like, and they're obviously faithful. They pray and stuff, but like, it's not telling them what clothes to wear or, uh, you know, type of thing like that they can't swear or they can't eat certain foods, you know. So it just helped me to see like the broader picture, like this religion is it's a church like and that's OK. And it might not be perfect and no churches are, but I can belong to this one and grow closer to Christ. And that's my goal. And I'd rather not leave this religion um, because I'd have to find a new one and then I'd have to get used to all the weird things in that new one. And there's going to be things I don't like there, too. And it's like, I do think that there are inspired people in our church. I do think that obviously God talks to their children. And yeah, I think, I don't know, just, just thinking that like this is a church. Some people just have normal church lives where they just like go to church, but don't let it dominate everything about their life (laughs) and then being like i could be one of those people just in a very high demand one so you're like you you separated apart the the author like the the authority the church has over you but you like embrace the good parts of it yeah so i like to embrace my own spiritual authority above anything else um, obviously I appreciate leaders and the, and their inspiration. I do think they can be inspired, but also I don't think that they have authority over my personal life more than me. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, anyone, the only person who's going to have to deal with my personal actions, my personal choices is myself. So it's like, do I want to outsource that decision-making to someone who's not going to have to deal with the consequences? No, I can take my question straight to God. I can take their suggestions and take those to God and find out what's right for me. But ultimately, I'm not handing over my spiritual authority um, to anyone. So do you still believe that, like, the church is, when, when they say the church is church, I guess, do you believe that, like, uh, Russell M. Nelson is the current prophet of God or no? Um, I do think he is a prophet of God. I'm not, you know, I don't really know. I'm not sure about lots of things. At, at this point, I know that in the Bible, right? And like Jesus' time, there's like lots of different prophets or prophetesses, prophetesses. <laughs> um, like there was multiple prophets. And I think the capital P prophet is like, I don't know. I mean, even in our church, we have multiple prophets, right? Prophets, seers, and revelators um, The with the first presidency and the quorum of the 12 it's it's hard to say that like yeah this is the one mouth of god when i really think that like we can all be mouths of god and that's the goal right to be like jesus and and do as he would do say as he would say and to help people as they do it as well so yeah i don't know i felt i feel like that was kind of like a lawyer answer to like not exactly answer it but honestly i don't really know i do think that he's an inspired man um russell nelson he can be inspired by god i do disagree with some things he says um like like what um i don't know i can't i can't think of particularly but sometimes i'm like mostly like in conference like listening to talks it's like oh i wouldn't have put it that way or something um um mainly the we've had a big push since he's been prophet about follow the prophet like in general conference it's gone up that phrase the amount it's been said has has increased like exponentially <laughs> compared to past conferences before he was prophet. So that's that's one thing I feel kind of icky about that. Like, it's like, follow this man. And when I'm like, I need more Jesus, you know, it's like lots of talks. Like, I feel like we put the prophet on a little too high of a pedestal, whereas I would just like if instead of people quoting Russell M. Nelson in every single one of the conference talks, like, can we quote Jesus instead? That's what I would be more comfortable with. Like, it just makes me feel kind of icky, like the kind of prophet worship almost. So Yeah, like culty, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, I'm like, can we focus on Jesus? Go, going back to your experience, though, where you talk about how you you went to a conference where he was at and he said, mm-hmm. you know, we need more missionaries and you felt that. 
mm-hmm. that um <clears throat> you know that that feeling in your heart how mm-hmm. do you take how do you interpret that now because i'm sure at the moment you probably felt like this dude must be this dude is god's mouthpiece on earth right like i felt that um not enough that's true mm-hmm. um but now how, how how has that how has your view on that incident changed um so i still see that experience as worthwhile obviously um like I said, I felt a personal, uh, I felt personal inspiration that I should go on a mission. It's something that I had been praying about prior to the conference, right? It wasn't like Russell M. Nelson was suggesting to me to go on a mission. It was, I was like, maybe I should go on a mission. I might go on a mission, <laughs> kind of think about going on a mission. And he's like, we need more missionaries. And I'm like, oh, and I, and I felt that like those words, it's, I think that um, answers from God can come from multiple sources. And one of those sources is other people. Um, So yeah, I definitely believe that that was the right decision for me and that God was helping me along with that decision uh, through Russell M. Nelson. So how do you, excuse me. um, How do you like, I'm trying to think of the right word here. (laughs) Like, Go, I guess, going forward, what, like, what do you, what do you see yourself, um, it, as far as the religion goes? Like, do you think with the way things are going with mm-hmm. these podcasts you listen to and stuff, do you think eventually you'll, uh, you'll, you'll fade, you'll fade away, or, 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 or what are your thoughts? Um, <clears throat> I think ultimately Mormonism is my culture. And I am comfortable in it. And I don't want to give up my culture. Um, I know it's kind of weird, but I, I do believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I think we should always be bettering ourselves. And everything Jesus taught is just flawless. He's great. Um, but yeah, I think I, I found that for me personally, I need an institution. I need a church. I need a community in order to continue um drawing nearer to christ and just there's just those like constant reminders to be more like him or that maybe i should help people more (laughs) um i need i need an institution and i've been given an institution since birth and it's one that i'm comfortable in that i know i know the vernacular i know um the traditions i know that someday my husband will be on like a church basketball team and i would like to go to those games i know that my kids will have youth activities and that they'll have these leaders that care for them so much. And that's where I see myself in the future. Um, I plan on staying and I plan on being vocal about things I don't agree with because obviously this church is still in the process of restoration, as I believe Nelson himself said. So more people need to be open to change. We need to see that we can change for the better and we can be better. And I'd like to help that along, especially since, um, Oh, I only have one child now, but for my children, I want it to be better for them. And I can't really help it if I leave. If I leave, um, nothing's going to change. I'll be another number that they kind of brush under the rug, you know, another person who left. But if I stay, then I can be like, look, I care about this church just like you guys, which I do. I care about the institution. It's my culture. I love the people. I need the community. I like most of the teachings and I do think it's ultimately good for my children and my family. And so I plan on staying, I will stay and I feel comfortable in that in kind of like the unknown. Do I believe everything? No, but guess what? You don't have to. Um, yeah, type of thing. (laughs) I do. I plan on staying in my middle ground and I think that's the only way I can be comfortable really. Yeah, no, that's great. I think that's what those who, who I, I guess are going to end up listening to this are probably looking for that type of answer, you know, of like, mm-hmm. well, why, why would somebody stay having these doubts? You know, mm-hmm. so what would you, I mean, let's say I come to you and I say, Heather, you know, I, I, I don't really, let, let's say your son comes to you and um, he's not very sure about the church. Mm-hmm. Um what 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 would you say to him and assuming at this mm-hmm. point like your son you know he's been in it for 
let's say he he he's gone on a mission and mm-hmm. he goes back and and he's happy he's happy going but he doesn't feel comfortable in it what what would you say to him um to my adult son um i would say um that i'm the same way uh that the church isn't always comfortable for me either and also tell him that i know many wonderful people outside of the church who live happy lives and that his life is his own and that he gets to make the choice of what he does and that i will love him no matter what and that our family will be forever no matter what he'll always be with me um so i think just let him make the decision it's I'm not going to, I know lots of people like freak out when their kids leave the church, you know, type of thing. And I don't know if mine will, but if they did, I would support them in it and love them through it and let them know that it doesn't change our relationship. Because I think that's the most important thing, obviously, just love for your family and keeping that closeness. And I think religion is definitely secondary to that. Like it's not end all be all. So, I mean, that's beautiful. Would you um, would you say then that at this point, do you feel comfortable saying, I guess, getting up for testimony, testimony meeting, and saying like this church is true and and all that, or do you kind of just shy away from that, keep to yourself? That's a good question. Today was fast and testimony meeting. I thought about getting up um, right before starting. Our bishop, our bishop, um, he conducted today, so he bore his testimony first. And he said something about how knowing is the first step in conversion. And I wanted to get up, not every, every testimony. I think that's not just in like spite of my Bishop or something, but um, I, I believe things. I don't know things. And the book of Mormon teaches, you know, that once you know something that your faith is dead and we don't really want faith to be dead. So everyone's saying like, I know, I know, I know. It's like, do you really though? I, I mean, I, I believe the Book of Mormon is um, inspired. I believe it's from God. I believe in Jesus Christ and that he can help me through my life. I believe this church is a good one and that there's some, that there is truth in it. I believe Russell M. Nelson is an inspired man. Do I know that it's the one true church i don't know i mean i think it might be one of the closest but i i know it's not the true church yet that's one thing i know i know it's not the perfect church i know it still needs to continue to be restored i know that we have a ways to go so that everyone feels loved and welcomed in the community and yeah so i know that the church isn't perfect (laughs) those are the things i know (laughs) But yeah, I do believe um, many of the typical uh, testimony bullet points, you know, but it's not, I know it's like, I have, I have faith, Um, but is it 1000% certain? No, but we're just, people are really stuck in bearing testimony means you have to say, I know, I know, I know, but it's, it's lacking faith. (laughs) Well, no, and I I agree with you on that. I kind of think sometimes some this is just my conspiracy theory about the church <laughs> is that at, <laughs> at certain times there's some dude that got up and said it and everybody was like, well, I want to sound cool too. <laughs> you know, when yeah. in reality, like you're right, we don't know. Right. And and there's times where when I was younger, I would bear my testimony and I would say like, I know for a fact because of a feeling uh-huh. bad. Right. But yeah. if I would have known knowledge doesn't change yet, my testimony's changed. You know, mm-hmm. and so that's like, obviously, then it wasn't a fact and it wasn't knowledge. It was a belief at that moment. Yeah, it was it was so, your faith. Right. And and that's maybe maybe that would be nice to address in the church to change even like our wording. Mm-hmm. Say, you know, I, I, I believe it based off what I feel. I, I based off the happiness it brings me. That's a completely different um thing than just saying yeah i know joseph smith was a prophet <laughs> yeah <laughs> Without even, like, be like this is the one right way this is fact for everyone like i don't think that way <laughs> yeah well and i think that goes into our um i mean I, like the the whole topic of the 
podcast is to show more of a nuanced way of, of looking at things. You know, it's not black and white. Mm-hmm. Even though, I mean, right after our missions, it may seem black and white. During our missions, black and white. Uh-huh. But it's really just, I mean, we're just here. We're all humans. We're all having experiences mm-hmm. and trying to figure out the best way to get along, right? Exactly. And yeah, just holding grace for other people. And that they can leave if that's what's best for them. They can stay if they want to help change or they can stay if they love being as Mormon as can be. And that's fine. You can still love people. So what do you, what, what caution would you give to anybody that would, that's, um, I guess in a situation like yours, um, like what, what, what things would you caution them of? Um, I know that some people, once they start to find out more about, like, church history and stuff, um, it kind of helps them lose faith or makes them, like, completely reject everything, you know? Um, I don't know. I think most of church history I kind of grew up with knowing. So maybe just being cautious with how much of that you consume at a time um, until you can kind of accept it. And then just obviously you can still decide to leave or whatever to your life. Um, but, yeah, maybe take it slow. And then also a big thing has just been to to find find your community. There's lots of people who think like you, even though you might feel alone at the time, surrounded by super active people. <laughs> Join the Nuance Mormon Women Facebook group. It's awesome. Yeah, like there's <laughs> it's just there's lots of places for discussion. Um, uh, there's tons of podcasts out there, and there's tons of people who think just like you. And it is possible to stay and see all the problems and speak about the problems and try and change the problems. Um, but also that's okay too. Yeah. Right. Whatever is going to make you feel, feel best, mm-hmm. which is another reason why I've tried to on the show. I try, I'm trying to get a mix of both people who were super, you know, have left and people who, uh-huh. who choose to stay just so they can, people can decide for themselves. Right. Yeah, I mean, exactly you go through and you look at this like everybody even a lot of these older uh, people like what was it bh roberts you know they just mm-hmm. um I, I probably said his name wrong but like even him reading reading hit he's the first he's the one that i think was one of the first ones bringing up doubts about the book of mormon yet he was a mission president and stuff and mm-hmm. we still try to keep that belief so you can take the same people can take the same information go one way or the other with it right mm-hmm. yeah exactly um <clears throat> well i feel like you've covered everything that um kind of that i had in mind as far cool, as cool. yeah i don't i don't know if uh if there's any other doubts you want to talk about that you had um kind of bring up that maybe would surprise you more than it should have and you had to work through it or anything else like that um i, I don't know that anything surprised me um one of the messiest parts obviously of our history is is polygamy and diving into it um getting all the the dirty details of when it happened where it happened why it happened and who did it and all that it if anything hearing like those first accounts of women comforted me because like it was so awful for them it was just terrible and then to for me to think about like eternal polygamy, like maybe I'll have to share my husband someday. Wow. Like that feels terrible too. And so to hear, I don't know, sometimes just diving into it might bring you comfort, like with me and polygamy, like, cause it was so bad. So, so bad for those women. Um, most of them, some of them had good experiences, but only if they didn't love their husband. Um, <laughs> that, that was, that's like the women who like, in, liked polygamy didn't care about their husband. That that's generally the, accepted thing anyway so learning about that brought me comfort because i was like yeah there's no way this is of god look how crappy they felt like that is not of god if half the population of the church is feeling like dirt because of something like why would god do that they wouldn't do that to their children and so yeah so maybe diving in will actually help you feel more comfortable with it and be able to say yeah wow this was really messed up they coerced these women, spiritual coercion, <laughs> to marry them. 
they can't really have consent if someone's a prophet and they said you have to marry me that's what god said that's not consensual um and yeah just to be like yeah god would not do that jesus wouldn't want that um so just kind of giving me a light for light at the end of the tunnel that yeah our church has a long way to go and uh it's definitely not it right now and polygamy does not have to be every woman's destiny it's obviously not something inspiring or of god or that brought about a lot of good so maybe it was surprising those are your i i I gotta clear this up for anybody listening but those are your your thoughts there right because there's still a lot of people that think nah that was definitely of god right because uh yeah i mean those are my thoughts after hearing like the the journal entries from women who were in it or how they were coerced into doing it or how they would uh, joseph smith would send their husbands on missions and then marry them while they were gone or something it's like yeah that's so wrong like (laughs) everyone's moral compass is telling them it's wrong but the church has been trying to tell us for so long that it's actually it was okay but like i think we can all just trust our gut on that one and know that god wouldn't require that of us Um, yeah well, I, in the in the eternities and stuff. That's something I want to definitely address probably in a later show there with. Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just that that's something to address for sure. Um, but no, thanks for sharing that though, because yeah, I'm sure some people just shy away from that just because they don't want to have to look at that and be like, huh. Feel the pain. Or, yeah. Yeah, or it's gonna screw with their testimony, right? Yeah. You, so you like, you can... never know. It might bring comfort. <laughs> Right, and with you, have you looked into other other church history things, or, or yeah, kind of yeah, just... I have. I've read um, all the typical things. The was it letter to my wife and um, the CES the, the essays, yeah, the CES letter and the No Man Knows My History or Rust and yeah. Rolling. Yeah, I've yeah, I've. I mean, I I'm not excellent at church history, but yeah, I'm I'm aware of everything generally i'd say i don't know like mountain metals massacre or stuff like that like i don't know yeah i mean i I don't i don't shy away from those subjects okay um, well and that's what that's what i was hoping to 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 hear because you know this stuff but yet you're still like nah mormonism is still my thing for sure yeah yeah i mean it's it's my culture it's what i know it's how i know to raise my children um and then obviously i will tweak it in ways that fit me best but it's my church and i'm staying (laughs) people might not want me to stay but like i'm here and it's mine and i'm gonna make it work for me and hopefully push so that it works better for all of us and what about tithing you also pay tithing um we haven't paid tithing in a while we're like pretty back on tithing mostly because i haven't done it (laughs) My husband definitely pays tithing, but he, uh, I used to pay, pay it like every month, you know? Yeah. But then I just stopped doing it. And so as a result, we haven't done it, but he would like to still. So I don't really know. I don't really know where we stand there. I like to give money to homeless people or like buy them food and stuff. Um, and I feel like that feels so much more genuine than tithing i know tithing they can do a lot more with your money and all that but um helping the individual just kind of feels a little more right you know more connected yeah Yeah. but also if i don't know if we do pay tithing like i'm fine with that it's been a while but (laughs) i think we are gonna catch up um i may start just donating my portion of income to like uh local charities and stuff that's that's one thing i haven't completely decided about yet i know the church has what they have so much money now that they can live off the interest and keep doing exactly what they're doing forever right so it's like they don't need my money but (coughs) yeah people could use it and so i don't know i don't know where i stand on tidy well for asking well, we all we all figured out bit by bit. I just I just was uh, curious about yeah. that from uh yeah. So I'm not not a big fan, but yeah. Um, if it weren't for 
um, my husband and obviously my family, then I don't know that I would pay any to the church. Um, likely not. Um, but yeah, but we're, we're a family unit. And if that, that's obviously something that's important to him, then yeah, I'm not going to be like, no, that's not. Yeah. So, so that, that's awesome too, that you're also supportive of me, even though you're kind of, you're, uh, you're not as like uh, Molly as him, right? <laughs> but you're still very active and, and everything else. Yeah. 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 It's like, if I want him to understand my journey, then I have to understand his and we're at different stages and he might at some point become more nuanced, but also he might not. And either way, it's fine. I love him. And this is what I I want. It could could even flip, you know, he might become nuanced for a bit and you might become more hardcore. Yeah, exactly. So So it's it's not a good big deal for me. (laughs) Those differences. But no, that's awesome, Heather, and and I appreciate you sharing your story. I know, I know for sure it's going to help some people as they kind of try to navigate their own thing and be like, "Well, should I just quit going all together? Should I not?" You know, and that's that's yeah. something that a lot of people. I feel like, like I said at the beginning, because of social media and kind of just political view, every like just everything mm-hmm. going on. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like people are getting confused on like what they should do. Yeah. You know, should I just quit as soon as I have a question or mm-hmm. or whatnot? Yeah. My my hope is that <laughs> people decide to stay and help it be better. Um, obviously some people are they they just they can't stay. It's too hurtful for them. They can't they can't stay. It's harmful, a harmful place to be. And I understand that too. But those of us who have the choice, I'd I'd appreciate you guys staying so we can help change the church for our kids please <laughs> for my babies <laughs> for your um, future babies but yeah i appreciate anyone and obviously it's your life you can do what you want yeah well thanks heather i i uh i appreciate your time here i'm gonna i'm gonna end in the, the podcast here and i'll Sounds wrap good. it up it's gonna be on uh spotify and apple so awesome you can you can go back and listen to it so Anyways, hope you have a great evening, Heather. You too. Thanks, Jay. Bye. Bye.